Hey guys, here we are, the Quig and Out MMA podcast, and I have not one, but two incredibly special guests today. And I know you're all thinking, she's behind a drum set, and what is going on? Like, this is not MMA. No, it's not. This is episode 57, and I have the godmother of drumming, Dorothea Taylor, and I have the jujitsu grandma, aka Elaine. So how are we doing, everybody? Doing good. <laughs> My camera just went, uh, my, even my camera was excited to see everybody on the show. So um, I just want to thank both of you for coming on here. I know we talked about it a little bit before we got started, but, you know, the idea behind this is that, you know, loving jujitsu, loving drumming, you know, people think that once they get to a certain age that their, you know, their passion is gone or their, their ability is gone. So I was going to go one by one and start with you, Dorothea, talk about your journey as a drummer and who you are for the people who have probably never seen you, but I guarantee after this video, we're going to go watch everything you have to do. Okay. Well, uh, I was growing up and just loved music from like as far back as I could remember. And I started piano lessons when I was in third grade. And the whole time I was taking piano, I was watching the drummers that were in the drum and bugle corps in my hometown because we had all kinds of doings in the summertime. And I didn't live far from the field, the football field that they would practice on. I could just go to the end of my street and look down over the hill and see them. And so I just always watched the drums, but no one that I knew of that was a female played drums. I never saw any females on TV. And so I just went along with the piano lesson thing. And uh, I started saxophone in sixth grade because I couldn't switch over to drums because girls didn't play drums <laughs> and did that for a little while. And then um, by eighth grade, I said, I'm going to try out for the drum corps. I don't care what anyone says. I'm just going to go in in the fall at the end of their you know summer tour. And I'm just going to go and see what they say. Well, I walked in and signed my name, you know, to play drums and nothing was said. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and so, so I uh, jumped right in, started practicing. We, I think we practiced two days a week that, that first year. Yes. Two days a week in the winter time. And uh, like I bypassed everyone that had been in there already a year, year and a half, I just jumped right on because I loved it so much. I would go home and practice, practice, practice. And, and I had the musical ability. Plus I had, you know, those six years of piano behind me. So that kind of helped. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, started marching in the, the next summer we did, you know, parades and competitions. And I ended up staying in there for six years. And so I had plenty of experience with rudimental fundamentals because when you're a drummer, you need to learn just like you would on a piano, you learn no notes and chords. Well, on drums, you learn the fundamental rudiments, which are like single stroke rolls, double stroke rolls, paradiddles, double paradiddles, five stroke rolls, and such and such. But uh, so I got my good rudimental training and then I got in a band right after I graduated high school 
and we played five nights a week. And man, back then, that was in 1968. That was good money. $50 a night back in 68. I thought I was rich. <laughs> and so, but, you know, I did that. And then, uh, then I got in another band also. And we did like wedding receptions every weekend, especially in the summer. Ooh. And, and uh, so, you know, I was making pretty darn good money. And then at 19, I fell in love and got married. And so I had to drop out of the drum corps because we were leaving and, and uh, we had to go cross country because he was stationed in the Air Force. But when I got out to where we were stationed, uh, I looked up a music store and went there and asked him if I could start giving lessons. And I gave lessons there. I don't think I played in Oregon when we were there. I don't remember playing in a band, just on my regular drums at home. And then we moved here to Myrtle Beach in 1970 and got in a band like real quick. And uh, I've been playing ever since with different bands, not touring or anything like that. You know, I've never played <laughs> on the road with, you know, famous musicians or anything like that. But just with, a, you know, a group here, a group there, just doing different things and teaching. I started teaching drum lines to the local high schools and middle schools here. I still do that. And I have private lessons with... Uh, uh, virtual since COVID, I do virtual drum lessons during the week, and then Drumio got a hold of me, and, and then I've had some viral videos, and it's just been crazy. <laughs> Things have gone bonkers. It really has, and and if anybody doesn't know, like how old are you now? Like if you were playing in the the sixties, there, yeah. I know. I, I asked the question no guy is supposed to ever ask. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm seventy one. 71 and still still playing drums yeah and in the last couple of years people have seen the down with the sickness they've seen blink 182 and they've seen the chop suey so uh, i'm gonna use that mm -hmm. to kind of segue into elaine because if you i know you can hear it as someone who practices jujitsu you're hearing you need the fundamentals you need to learn the basics to start so i want to talk about your journey and how you got to where you are today and as you could see, the parallels are are right there already. <laughs> That's true. I, I actually didn't start jujitsu until I was 69. I'm 73 <laughs> now. So I, I started late. My <laughs> professor thinks I'm probably the oldest person to ever start jujitsu, or certainly the craziest, maybe. <laughs> but I'm a blue belt with three stripes on my belt. I've been doing it four years now. And man, I love it. Hard work. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> So why jujitsu? Like again at sixty nine, why did you say, you know what, this is this is a good idea for me because I don't know anybody else who would do that. Well, I actually, when my husband was in graduate school, uh, when I was about twenty one, I took a judo course that lasted about six weeks. They just ran it at night, and it was a lot of fun. But when I got back to Birmingham, nobody taught it back then, so I just forgot about it. And then when I was sixty nine, I saw some girl in a gi and ask her, uh, you know, what kind of martial arts she practiced. And she said, jujitsu. And I went, eh, I like judo better because I, I didn't know the difference. And she said, well, my gym teaches that. And I went, oh, really? So I just called the gym and said, do you take old people to do judo? And the professor <laughs> said, "I, okay. I mean, so I went and started the judo classes. 
And then after a, a month or two, the professor said, why don't you try jujitsu, which was on the next mat? And he taught both classes. Mm. So I did judo and jujitsu for quite a while. And then I just sort of settled into jujitsu, which I love. I like them both, though, truthfully. Yeah. And it, I think it's funny that you brought up the the forgot thing, because, again, I've, I've been involved, you know, covering MMA. I fell in love with MMA in 2008. So I was late to the party, too, you know, where it already had, <laughs> you know, kind of brought up. And it wasn't until probably five or six years ago that my dad said, well, I took judo when I was a kid. And I went, you did what? <laughs> How has this never come up in conversation? Oh, wow. <laughs> and he said, oh, I. I just forgot about it or I didn't think about it, you know, because some people don't don't relate the two. And it's it's funny how it all kind of works, especially with you guys, um, in the sense that like my dad's a drummer. He raised me as a drummer. I found jujitsu on my own, but it was because I was watching it going, why doesn't he just get up? Like, I don't I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> just get up. Just get up. And that'd be the equivalent of being like, why can't you do these paradiddles at 150 beats per minute? Like, why? Why, why can't you do that right off the bat? And then I started to, to train and I went, oh, that's why. Because you can't move. You cannot move when you're down there. So. <laughs> True. And I just love, like I said, hearing the the parallels between the two. Because it is a fundamental aspect. So talk about, you know, you could both kind of chime in when you want to. I don't ever like want to focus on one or the other. But. Talk about what it is to have the knowledge and be able to do this and teach people. Like, do you come across people who are a little skeptical um, because you don't look like the normal teacher or the normal jujitsu pra practitioner? Because, <laughs> Elaine, I've seen your medals, and I wish I had a picture of them right now because you've got some medals already. So <laughs> talk about what it's like to, you know, to go into these forums where there's much younger competitors or much younger, you know, students and having to kind of impart that knowledge on them. In competition, especially at my age, uh, my master seven class is 61 and older, and there's rarely anybody in that thing. So I usually have to go down to master six or master five and maybe up a weight class. So I get killed. <laughs> I mean, you know, I may get a second or medal, but I've already been <laughs> you know. <laughs> But hey, I can step on the mat. So as long as I, you know, if I, if I can get to the five minutes, I feel like I've done pretty good, especially with a much younger or heavier opponent. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I can't teach like Dorothy. I mean, she's done this. She's, she's a master. She's like a black belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's a black belt drumming. drumming. That's right. <laughs> You've got a new nickname right here. <laughs> Elaine said it first. <laughs> I'll have to add that to my profile. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> absolutely so Dorothea the same thing like what's it like you know being at the point where you said Drumeo approached you and if you go to Drumeo's YouTube page we talked about this earlier Dorothea's face is right there along with all these other people so you know what's it like to you know be on a platform like that and you even have the TikTok going so I'll let you talk about that because you told me a little bit about that before we started yeah so um you know, when I, of course, my children were on Instagram and my little grandson was on TikTok. <clears throat> He's 13 now, but he was like 11 then. He was talking about TikTok and I would look at some of his little videos. Of course, they weren't, you know, music involved, but they were just silly things. And he said, Grandma, you should 
you know, put something up and just see what happens. And so I just did it for the fun of it. And I think I might've done paradiddles and just like how fast you could go with a paradiddle just to let people know that, you know, at my age, I can, I can still do paradiddles, but I didn't know what would happen with the, the TikTok entry, you know, the post. And I did the same thing with Instagram. And then they just took off. And one of the videos, you know, it just had like 500,000 just in a short while. And that was a couple of years wow. ago on Instagram. <laughs> and so oh, that's great. And that was just within a few days. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this thing is really working. I'll have to put some more up. And so then I get a message just on Instagram, just a DM saying this is so-and-so from Drumeo and I'd like to talk to you. And I knew what Drumeo was because I had seen some stuff on, you know, my, I wasn't a member of Drumeo, but I had seen, I think some stuff on, on Facebook. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what they want. <laughs> and so I uh, text him my telephone number and, and uh, the phone rang a little while later and I could see that it was coming in from Canada. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Drumeo. And so they said, do you want to come out and do some videos here? And I was like so excited. I couldn't believe it. I said, are you sure you want me? Because you, you know, you have top notch drummers that come to you. And are you sure you want me? He's like, yes, we definitely want you. And so they had some things planned, which I did not know. And so when I got there, he said, you know, we're going to do X amount of videos, just some little instruction videos, but we're going to do some couple of big things. He said, and we've got some plans for you. So, you know, I went to bed that night and went back to the studio the next morning. And, and then they laid out the plan that I was going to have to do some acting. And I was like, whoa, I'm not. I'm not an actor. <laughs> he said, so we're going to go to a music store and we're going to be, you know, pretend we're looking for some drums and they're going to veer us off. So they had to tell the, the guy, the salesman, what to say when we got there. And then we're going to go to a church. And, you know, so the whole thing was laid out for me. And he said, when we went to dinner that night after we fin finished filming it, he said, I bet that thing is going to probably draw about a hundred million. I mean, a, a million views. And I was like, Oh my gosh, no, no. And he said, yeah, I bet this will. Well, it went way beyond. If you look it up on Facebook, Drumeo, it has over 85 million on that. God knows, the uh, down with the wow. sickness. And that's not the only place it is. You know, it had so many on YouTube and they took it down because of copyright, but then they put it back like a week later. So we lost like 25 million and then we had to start over getting it to climb back up again. So I don't know how much it has on, on YouTube now, but it had 25 million and they took it down. I was so mad. <laughs> and, and that blows my mind nowadays. Oh, and I'm just wow. going to kind of throw myself in here because there are people who get millions of views by watching someone else's video and reacting to it. And yeah. actually one of yours is one of those videos. 
Uh-huh. And I think it's Andy Rooney. Uh, it's probably not his name, but I'm, in this moment, yeah. that's what I'm going to say. But uh-huh. it's him watching you and going, okay, okay. But you see that video and you see, you know, at the end where you're like, I've been through all of this. I've had everybody look at me and say, oh, the pianos are over there. Or, oh, are you here for the choir practice? And yeah. you're holding a snare drum and a bass drum. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like, Elaine, you kind of would run into the same thing if you showed up not in your gi. And they're like, oh, you know, it's one of your kids here. Are you one of your students? And you're like, no, it's it's me. Like, why would you think? <laughs> yeah. So I think. People don't expect it. No. No, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And I think what the best part about the two of you is, is that, I mean, obviously you're an inspiration for others. You know, if you look at, you know, the between the two of you, you have 400,000 Instagram followers, which I guarantee <laughs> neither one of you ever thought would be. No. You're like, okay, what, whatever. You didn't think you would influence people in the way that you do. So what's it like mm-hmm. to be in that kind of role where you might not even realize that you're an influence to somebody, but there are people out there seeing you going, well, if she can do this, I can do this. Like, what, what does that mean to you? Well, for me. I get so many comments from young people. And the reason I know they're young is because I will click onto their profile. And a lot of them, their comments are real kind of almost troubled. Like, like they look forward to, to seeing something positive on Instagram or, and or TikTok, And so they're thanking me for making their day happier and things like that. And it kind of makes me, it makes me happy that I'm there for them. But then it kind of makes me worried thinking, you know, why are there so many young people that are acting like, you know, they're having a bad day and they're depressed and, you know, they have anxiety and, and I feel like I don't have any of that. I wake up in the morning and I'm just glad to be here and, you know, glad to be able to do my thing. So with all their comments, I like to read the comments, but it, uh, I find, I found out that I have inspired a lot of people and young people just to continue on with their life. And then I've inspired people that are older that used to play drums and they see that I can do it. And so they're picking up their sticks and, and starting all over again. So, you know, just, it brightens my day just to see the positive uh, comments out of the, out of the DMS and stuff. <laughs> wow. That was I, I'm like, hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. Like yeah. that was, that was gut wrenching there. Like that really touched, mm-hmm. you know, in a moment where, like you said that you, you kind of touched on it quickly, but I, I caught it where you're like, there are some people who were ready to kind of like not be here anymore. Yeah. And, and they it's happened saw, a lot. And so I make sure that I I comment back. And then if they they comment back on that comment, I'll even comment again just to make them feel good for the day. And, you know, it just makes me feel like, gee, I've helped someone. Gee, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And Elaine, you know, same question when it comes to you, because, again, 25,000 people are following you. And I, 
I, I couldn't even imagine being like, what? So what's it like for you being in jujitsu? Like you said, now four years. Um, I got to really catch up because I'm right at the four year mark too. So I guess I got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously Dorothy and I are not coasting through our later years. You know, we're, we're active and in, in doing something fun. My grandkids think jujitsu is too hard. <laughs> they don't want to try it. But I get a lot of, of uh, messages too from people in, who, um, who think, well, maybe I'm too old because I'm in my late 30s, or early 40s. They said, and then I see yours and you're in your 70s. I go, well, maybe I'm not too old. <laughs> so that's, that's very, you know, inspiring that you just, just keep on keeping on. You know, don't uh, quit just because you think you're too old to do something. Right. It's um. Well, do you, I mean, do you ever go like to a doctor's office or even to Walmart or wherever and see these people that are younger than we are, but they look horrible. They look, they look horrible. Yeah. And then they find out that I'm much older than them and they're, you know, walking with canes and all wrinkled up and it's like, what, what are you doing with your life? Why have you just, you know, given up and do you just okay. sit in your rocking chair all day long? I can't do yeah. that. I don't want to do that. No, I can't either. I wouldn't be on a mat wrestling guys and girls if I was, wanted to sit in a rocking chair and knit. That just no, doesn't I, that appeal doesn't appeal to me, to me either. <laughs> well, I think that's being a drummer there's the concern of carpal tunnel and being in jujitsu, there's a concern of hurting all the time everywhere. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Bruises, bruises. I just broke my toe a few weeks ago. <laughs> was it the pinky? <laughs> Cause I broke the pinky toe what? caught, got caught right in the mat. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, mine got caught under a very big guy. And broke the toe. <laughs> well, and the funniest thing about that is no one in the gym looks at you and goes, Oh my gosh. They go, Anybody got any tape? <laughs> you just tape it back. I didn't up know I fine. yeah. I didn't know I broke it until you know a few weeks later. I kept thinking, oh, it's just sore, but it was it stayed sore too long. So I had to go get an x-ray and they said, Oh no, you broke it. <laughs> yeah, I d I didn't know mine was broken either. I went to my dad's house for dinner. And I took off my shoes and he said, when did you break your toe? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? And I looked down and it was purple. <laughs> and I went, oh, I guess that must have happened on the mat that night. It hurt. And he was like, just tape it. He's like, if you go to the doctor, they're just going to say it's broken and yeah. do the same yeah. thing you're about to do. So the question uh, is. Just tape it to the next toe and go on. <laughs> with. I, I think the Walmart story is going to be the funniest thing that came out of this. Like we went from like heartfelt to like looking at other people like, and I think you're right. I think people think it's too late. You know, they, they think that the, yeah. the biological clock is set for certain things and certain items only. All right. At this age, you have to be doing this at this age. You have to be a grandma. And at this age, you can't be playing drums and wrestling larger men on jujitsu bats. But we're proving that you can. That's Ex right. That's exactly. exactly right. And that's why getting the two of you together was so, it was just one of those moments where I've been following both of you for a while. Obviously I have interest in both of what you're doing. Not only the, the hobby itself or the profession that it's turned into, 
But Elaine, you and I know, and Dorothy, it's going to be the same way. You could have the worst day of your life. You get on the mat or you get behind that set and you just play something mm-hmm. and yeah. everything else just fades away. It does. And it does. I've had those days. You know, I used to work child welfare and child welfare mm-hmm. is one of the hardest jobs. Anyone who's doing it out there now, it's still one of the hardest jobs I've ever done in my life. And I would never do it again. But I had those days where I'm like, you know, you're not sleeping for a couple of days. Oh, I can't make it to class. And you just go and it's guard passing night. It's something very, yeah, <laughs> it's never easy. And by the end of the, the end of the night, you went, what was I upset about again? And you just leave. So talk about that feeling and being able to impart that on other people. Because again, you see people and they, they don't believe it. She's not a drummer. She can't do jujitsu. I mean, Elaine's almost getting her purple belt here. Like I say, you know, the way I'm watching you, it'll be in the next year. So that's my goal too. So we'll, maybe we'll get it together. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, we can do it. <laughs> I, it makes me want to train even more now. Cause now I'm like, well, now I got to do it. She's going to be. <laughs> I probably go to the gym about three times a week. So I bet oh, Dorothea wow. drums that's- a lot too. Yeah, sometimes, um, you know, I don't feel like coming up here because this is up above our garage. And uh, I'll be like, I'm not going up there today. But if someone texts me and asks me a question about one of our lessons in our book and I have to come up and and go to the actual lesson or they want me to maybe um, send them a picture of the next week's lesson or whatever, and that as soon as I walk up here and I see all these drums and everything and I come around here and I sit down, I'll just like start tapping and thinking and then I'll get my sticks. And before I know it, I'm playing a little bit and it could turn into, you know, 20 minutes or 40 minutes. But I left and went back downstairs and I felt more invigorated, yeah. even if sometimes if I've had a migraine headache. I'll come up and play and I go downstairs and my migraine is gone. It's just the tension is gone. Which, which breaks so. all the rules of physics, right? There. <laughs> like. Yep. But it, it, it's music. It's uh, food for the soul, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's how we feel going on the mats. When you go out there and people say, Oh, it's just a bunch of sweaty people. You know, rolling around and doing the yeah. Elaine's laughing because we hear that all the time. And Dorothea, you hear it. Oh, that's just noise. That's not music. But when you're there and you're Mm. having to think about what the next step is and kind of flow roll, it's no different than if you were to, you know, someone said, just pick up the sticks and start playing. No lesson plan, no nothing Mm -hmm. in mind, just play. And you got to play whatever you wanted. You had to you still have to think about it, but you let your body just kind of flow. And I feel like it's the exact same thing when we're there, except instead of sticks, we're using hands, but we're still using grips. We're still having to use fundamentals. We're still you're you're looking at the exact same thing, whether people can, you know, equate the two or not. So it's pretty fascinating just to hear the two of you talk, Um, especially the migraine thing. I don't think I'd ever believe that if I saw it anywhere else, but it's you. So I guess I will. And it actually works. It actually works. It's you just release that tension and your your mind to somewhere else, I guess, and it just goes away. It's crazy. 
Well, and, and I'm going to do it just because I know you have another camera uh, set up there. Oh. <laughs> so would you mind playing a little something for us? Okay. I'll do a little. I'll, I'll put it on the other camera and let you see. So this is the cool part. <laughs> wow. I love drummers. They're my favorite part of a band. Yeah, I didn't know. I love those stacks, by the way. But that was fantastic. Thank you. We were both just like, yep. And again, <laughs> I, I know neither one of you were like, what What are we doing tonight? No, this is just going to be off the cuff. But as soon as I saw that overhead cam, I said, I need to, I need to know. Um, you know, I need to see it because I need to see it in action. So, Elaine, you just mentioned the drummers, the favorite, your favorite part of a band. So, oh, who are yeah. some of your favorite bands or favorite drummers if you had to pick them out? You don't have I, to say names, but if I, I wouldn't know how, but we have in our church, we have a con contemporary band and the drummers by far the most fascinating man in the band. We watch the drummers more than anybody else just because, you know, drummers are, they just got a lot of personality when they drum. They just, drum. well, that, that contemporary Christian music is, I mean, it's full out drumming. Yeah. Oh gosh. They, yes. Oh, yeah. They get down. I just I and play we, the we, organ at my church, so ours is just boring hymns. <laughs> oh, they're missing something. I took my granddaughter to see Stomp. That was amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. nothing but sound. It's great. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the Stomp getting to do that. We got to do that in high school when I was in band, and we, you know, it was there was. Um, I remember going home after the show, and my chest was red because of doing this the whole time <laughs> i'm like why why does this hurt oh okay but you're right it's music is something different when you can isolate it and you can interpret it in a different way you know drumming's not for everybody different classifications of music are for everybody but you're right the contemporary christian music hits a different way Ooh, yeah because that drummer has to kind of ignite everybody and keep them going Yes. Without just and being, without Actually, just playing the, yeah, it, it doesn't work yeah. that way. See, I don't, I wouldn't even know what to do because it, it's totally different. And I'm, I'm not familiar with, with the contemporary Christian music. And so I would, I, I get these calls from this guy who is like the music director at one of the churches, not too far away, uh, you know, saying, can you come? come play and fill in for us next Sunday. Thankfully, I have the excuse, no, I'm playing in my own church because I don't know those songs because we don't have those songs in our church. You're like, so, we're, we're going for the hymnal 152. Let's go. Yes, that's what I'm doing is hymns, which I still love. I love the organ. Oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah I, I do love it. But uh, the contemporary Christian, I would feel that I wouldn't be donating what should be. And I think he might, must think that I, I, I know those songs, but I don't. So I'm like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, not really uh, sure what 
what they're doing here, but you know, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> if only they knew. You just get behind the drum set, nobody's looking. Let me just play <laughs> a little bit. What was that? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh... <laughs> so, Dorothea, looking at some of your recent videos, you're playing, you know, rock songs, metal songs, kind of like, I consider like Blink-182 at that point. It's almost like a thrash punk kind of setting. Oh, yeah. So what's it like to play those songs? Because you look like you're having a blast. And obviously Drumeo built it up and, you know. Oh, they did, yeah. Because they're the ones who chose those songs. And so I was like, ah, I don't know those songs. So I was having to really think hard on, you know, the parts, what those parts were. But it was fun. It was fun. So for for you in like who inspires you or who brought you you know into the point where what are you listening to today is what I really should be asking mm. like what motivates you today? Oh well, because I follow so many drummers on Instagram and you know Drumio and things like that. So you know I have several favorite drummers like Todd Zuckerman from sticks and you know i love benny greb and mm -hmm. uh keith carlock i i love him and, i mean buddy rich was always my favorite of course he's been gone a long time but he was one of my favorites and there's just so many vinnie Kaliuta is like my one of my favorite top drummers he's so amazing and a lot of these drummers just don't play j with one group they're just mm -hmm. a drummer that get hired out for either recording sessions or you know on the road with different musicians but they're excellent drummers so i i like to follow a, a wide variety of drummers well and elaine i know it's not the same questions but really like who who inspires you are there jujitsu matches that you're watching or um, you know, old footage that you watch and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, how can I how can I get into this? Or is it just kind of going with the flow and, you know, taking everything that your professor is teaching you and, and putting that onto the mats, especially when you start competing? Well, we have quite a few black belts in my gym. It's a very big gym um, and they really are my heroes watching them and uh, working with them. It's, it's been amazing for me. They make me laugh. They make me work hard. One of the things Dorothea and I have in common, I, we have to think hard to do what we do. I mean, and and do it, not just think it, but we have to do it also. And mm -hmm. that, that really, mm -hmm. at our age, for me especially, I think that's very helpful uh, to mm -hmm. keep my brain active because I'm trying to think of what I do and then do it at the same time. And I'm playing offense and defense on the mat, as you know. Um, and that's... Um, it's a stretch. It's, it's a stretch. Literally, it's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My mat, my my uh, professors toss me around here, there, and yon. You know, I get flipped over their heads and <laughs> when they're having fun. You know. And again, Most it's the not, guys, You know, it's not yeah. ever something you thought you'd be doing. Well, no, definitely <laughs> not. But I also think you touched on a, a really important point in the sense that, you know, you talked about, oh, crocheting, that's not for me. You know, crocheting for some people was something to keep them busy. 
but it wasn't something to really keep you active. You know, obviously with drums, you're using all your limbs. Jiu-Jitsu, you're using all your limbs. You're having to really think about what you're doing. You know, you're having to remember what you're doing, especially with Dorothea teaching and having to make sure that what she's teaching is, is the correct way. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's all second nature to you at this point. Like if we just started yelling random rudiments at you, you'd be like, OK, whatever. Yeah, I, I do this all the time. And I think in jujitsu, you start to get that way. And I know I noticed it when I got to Blue Belt is that my body started to do things I wasn't telling it to do. Um, getting in those moments where, you know, mm-hmm. you felt that one little inch of space and you took it and your <laughs> body did it for you. And you went, oh, and I'm sure Dordia, the same thing. You were playing a fill and your hand just went for a symbol. It didn't need to be in there, but you did it. And you went, you know what? That sounded good. I like That's that. Cool. Yeah. And you you start to feel that. So it's amazing to hear the two of you kind of go back and forth about that because it really is something that keeps you sharp and it goes i'm just going to keep bringing up the walmart argument because that was the funniest thing ever (laughs) but you're right you'll see people and even at my age i see people and i go what happened like what no like what why do do more do something you know and it's never too late and they have those charts of you know all oprah and bill gates and all the failures they went through and when they didn't really make success until 40 50 60 years old and mm-hmm. it really shows that there isn't a, a set schedule for your life. Right, right. No, you're right. And I think my, each, each one of you are showing that every day. So thank you. My professor told me I might be a black belt by the time I'm 80. I figure I'll have my little walker. I'm going to go to the mat. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it on the side. <laughs> well, and. Again, I I don't know anybody, and I've been following this for a while, who started as late as you did. And I don't want to say it that way, but who had that passion. <laughs> it's true. You know, I, one of the one of the black belts at our, our dojo is 71. And he didn't start till he was 50. And I said, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. And then to hear your story and what you've been going through. And if you watch any of the videos, Jiu-Jitsu Grandma on Instagram, for anybody who's not watching and can't see us. You're getting thrown around, but you're holding your own against people 30 years younger than you. Easy. <laughs> so that's got to make you feel a little bit good. Just a little bit. It, it does. It does. Most of the really big guys mainly defend against me until they get sick of me, and then they just toss me off. But uh, <laughs> if they wait to 40, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Occasionally, I'll catch Yeah. I can catch a white belt that doesn't know much and probably choke him out. (laughs) Again, a phrase I never thought I'd hear in my life. I'll just catch a white belt, choke him out. Choke him out. (laughs) Because she's got that big smile on her face and everybody thinks it's a violent art. The same thing with drumming. You know, people think, oh, it's angry. It's loud. It's people don't see the art behind it. And I'm just going to point out Meryl Streep because she did this a couple of years ago and angered everybody. But she said mixed martial arts is not the arts. And I think she was 100% wrong when she said that because an art to somebody is drumming, it's jujitsu, it's photography, it's podcasting, it's interview, it's whatever you want it to be. And I feel like it's a very open thing. And to kind of disown or dissuade people from being passionate about something that makes them happy, I feel like is a disservice in itself. 
Agreed. That was my little Agreed. that was my little yeah. pedestal there. So I agree. <laughs> I do. Me too. And I again it's it's inspiring to talk to both of you because you're both laughing and you're I, I could see both of you going back and being like, Yep, uh-huh. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> happened. So really, you know what it what it what I wanted to come down to is you thank both of you. You know, I don't want to keep you too long. I honestly could probably talk to both of you for hours on end. Um, but I think we should do this again. I think we should try to get together and kind of follow up. Um, Dorothy, I've got to ask you, what was it like to do the drum off with Questlove? Because I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> and was that your idea or theirs? Um, well, it was kind of both. But the the piece for the uh, In the Air Tonight, Mm-hmm. Jimmy did mention to me when he came in my, I, I heard a, and in my green room that I was in, and I said yes, and he it was Jimmy Fallon. He comes in, he introduces himself, and so he said, "How about I, I want you to play? Do you know in the air tonight? Because I I've seen your video, or the, you know somebody from the <laughs> staff showed showed him. He said because." When Questlove was supposed to play it, he messed up. He bombed it. And so I want you to be able to do it. So I said, yeah, I, I can do it. And so uh, so I that was in the plan. But when, uh, when I got there, uh, we were talking, and I said, how about, like, if, if we say let's do a drum off between the two of us? And they're like, yeah, because we we agree. We already had that in our mind. We oh, want yeah. you to battle him back and forth. And so I I didn't have anything planned. I didn't know what I was going to play. I wasn't nervous. I was excited. I wasn't nervous. But so he's, he's like, go ahead. And so I just come up with like a little funk groove. And then I said, I'm going to do my double stroke roll, my famous double stroke roll to get got me the millions and millions of uh, views. So I did that. And that's when Jimmy was going crazy. He was pacing around. It's <laughs> like, oh, wow. That's so that was fun. So mm-hmm. then at the very end, we got to play a little bit after I did the uh, in the air tonight because mm-hmm. it went out to commercial. So I got to play with the band for a few seconds, which was fun. But the segment went so quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it would. And that that drum off thing has become kind of a, a staple of the show. Like, they're not doing it too often. Yeah. But we talked earlier about the when uh, Will Ferrell did that with Chad Smith. And yeah. I thought that was that was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life because they looked identical. They sure do. They look so much alike. <laughs> and we were talking about that before. So I had to pull out this. So I already showed Dorothea. So this is when I met Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was 10 years old. And I said, it'd be, you know, it'd be good if I just have a pair of drumsticks nearby because Dorothea's here and I'm not going to play anything. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need that. But we <laughs> talked about being a, uh, having some weird tendencies and being a, a left-handed person, but a right-handed person. And, and Elaine, you know, the same thing, it, you know, when you're doing grips, when you get that one person who's a lefty instead of a righty, you're going, what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> oh no, I'm left-handed. So that's <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I had a 50-50 chance of that happening. I still didn't see it coming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Elaine, are you competing anytime soon? Because, if again, if you guys haven't seen this, the, the stack of medals, um, I have never competed. My goal was to compete as a white belt, and then COVID hit, and we were training with masks on. So we literally had masks on, and we were training, which is the oh, worst no. thing. Oh, yeah. And oh, no. the, I never the had class to do was that. the class was much smaller, much smaller by then. And um, I I remember I said, okay, I said I'm going to compete this year. You know, things are going to open back up. Hindsight, they didn't. And we had a promotions, and they called my name up for my blue belt, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to compete as a white belt. <laughs> I was almost sad in that moment. <laughs> But I'm definitely the idea is to compete. Um, but I am uh I'm not light, if you couldn't tell. And uh like you said, when you're when you're going in there, <laughs> when you're going in and you have a specific weight class or the master class, if there's nobody in your weight, you're gonna have to go up or down. Well, the class I would be in is two thirty plus. And I really don't want to go against somebody who's like three hundred and twenty pounds. I not not my wheelhouse, so I'm gonna <laughs> drop that weight and then we'll we'll go ahead. The first thing I'm gonna do is compete. So um I did want to give a shout out. There is a tournament tomorrow with a few of my teammates that are actually competing in a jujitsu tournament. So best of luck to all of you. You're probably not gonna see this until afterwards. So if you won, hooray. If not, I'll just edit that part out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> The, well, the real joke that is that I don't. Tournament in Orlando, but you know. Oh, sorry. What about Orlando? Well, I signed up for Orlando Open, but there's nobody anywhere near me, so I probably will not be able to go. And my professors are not going to the World Masters this year. I went last year, but uh, I don't want to go without my professor. I did last year, and it it did not go as well as it it would it would have been better had he been there to coach. To yeah, coach. it's. <laughs> Wow, she yeah. just called you out, coach. <laughs> no, well, and I get that he completely. Had a, he had an emergency. Yeah. Oh. Well, I hope you come to Orlando because I'm two hours from Orlando. So I would happily. Oh. Yeah. So going over there and I know um, like Professor Ricardo Laborio, I know he's over in Orlando and they do those mm -hmm. invitational. Um, I think that's that's where I need to I need to get my feet wet with something smaller. Um you know, Dorothea be the equivalent of doing like late night TV on like cable access versus Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> like, I got to build myself up to that. Um, but I want you guys to take these last couple minutes and just talk about, you know, sponsors, people who've inspired you or to continue to inspire you. And, you know, talk about your gym, your channel, TikTok, whatever it is that you want to talk about for the people that have continued to help you you know, live this dream that most people would only, you know, dream of or live this life that most people could dream of. See, now you got me like tongue twisted and I shouldn't be doing that because both of you have been perfect. Um, just just talk about, you know, what's made this possible for you or who's made this possible for you to continue to do what you love. Who do you want first? Me? Whoever wants to go first. Well... I remember when I was a teenager, before I, you know, got serious about dating or whatever, my goal was to become a famous drummer. 
And like I said, <laughs> at 19, I got married and got married to someone who, you know, is not a musician. <laughs> and then we had three children and he, I know that he and his, all of his family just didn't understand why I wouldn't have stopped playing drums when I, once I got married, but it was my dream to become a famous drummer. And so my dreams were just lost all these years. And so I've just been doing my, my thing, teaching drums and playing odd gigs here and there. And then, like I say, all of a sudden, social media. So I, I would like to just thank social media for being around. Mm -hmm. Because without social media, I did a few things about 13 years ago on YouTube that did pretty well. But then I just kind of slowed down and didn't do anything on YouTube. But the social media with uh, Instagram and TikTok have just been my dream come true. And it's afforded me all these opportunities. I I did a cameo on Drew, ba Drew Barrymore show. I did the Nick Cannon show. I did Jimmy Fallon show. And I got introduced to these companies. And so now I'm fully endorsed with Peisty Symbols, Evans Drumheads, Promark Sticks, um, Tamburo drums that are handmade in Italy. So I'm fully endorsed with all this beautiful equipment that only happened just because of what my fans have done to me for social media. And it's just like a dream come true. Oh, yeah. Wow. And here I am pulling up the Vader stick. Sorry, Pro Mark. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's amazing like you said social media where social media can have a lot of evil social media can have a lot of negativity it can really bring people down but people definitely underestimate the the reach that it has in inspiring people and quite frankly just keeping people alive you know we look at high school reunions are a thing of the past everybody's just on facebook and they kind of overlooked that, but without Facebook, yeah. without YouTube, we wouldn't know Dorothea and her talents. We wouldn't know about Elaine and her talents. You would just be someone else in your town. And maybe that's all you wanted to be. But Dorothea, you said you wanted to be a famous drummer. And I really think you made it. I really, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm just saying it here. For sure. Um, she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I, I didn't get to do, I didn't get to play with any really famous band. Like I, you know, my dream was, but, but lots of people know me. So I guess I am famous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to see the aristocrats, the band in three weeks, uh -huh. because I got to see Marco Miniman do a drum clinic probably when I was 13 or 14 and they are coming to Tampa on my uh -huh. birthday. Ooh, and gosh. I said, I, I can't, I can't miss this. The tickets are $20. I said, no, I'm wow. going to go see Marco play. So for me, again, musicians. Yeah, it's going to be an excellent show. So Elaine, in the same token, like who's driving you every day besides your own will to say, well, I can do this. <laughs> well, honestly, my professor one in one summer said, uh, 
Elaine, I'm going to take you to the World Masters Jiu-Jitsu Championships. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I said, oh, okay. And I, had, I didn't even have a blue belt. And I said, you have to be a blue belt to go to the Masters. And he said, well, you'll have a blue belt by then. So, I mean, just a few weeks before the Masters, I got a blue belt and oh went to the Masters in Las Vegas. I had four fights in 70 minutes. Uh, won one, lost one, and tied two, which was probably about the best I've ever done at that point. Yeah. So, and he's the one that suggested I get on Instagram. And my granddaughter, I didn't know what Instagram was. My granddaughter set it up and she named me Jiu-Jitsu Grandma, my, my granddaughter Mackenzie. So, and of course that's become my you know, name now, but it's, it's been really, it's been really fun for me all the way around. I've been to the Pan American Games and the uh, World Masters two or three times, I guess. You know, COVID sort of cut us off for a few years. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, you know, I love to compete. It's, it's fun when I get to do it. It's nerve-wracking, as you will, who will oh, yeah. find out. If you yeah, I was going to say, it's nerve-wracking to watch my teammates do it, just because I'm like, you have those moments where you, you have nights where you get smashed by every white belt in the room, and you're going, Take back oh, yeah. my belt. Just just give it back. And then you have nights where you do something and you go, I just tapped the black belt. Okay, we're just going to put this feather in the cap. And <laughs> Dorothea, same thing. You're like, all right, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, let's just put that right there. Um, I feel like the feather in your cap, there's a lot more <laughs> that we don't even know about. Oh, yeah. We haven't even scratched the surface there. But um, I'll throw out a few people. And, you know, we've we talked about this on the show before. I usually don't. But all the sponsors I have aren't really sponsors. They're local businesses. They're friends of mine. They're people who have supported the show, whether they share a video, whether they, you know, send something in. I actually still have a knife that my friend Tim makes knives on Instagram, uh, custom made that we're still supposed to give away, but I'm still trying to figure out if I'm allowed to ship a knife to somebody, if that would be oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause it's a, it's a Bowie yeah. knife. It's very large. So <laughs> we'll find that out. But, you know, people like La Barba Cubano, he makes beard care oil, which obviously I need, uh, keeps this from being scratchy. And what you don't know is that in jujitsu, when people go for that guillotine, this is terrible for me. It's really bad. So I protect my neck as best I can for the sake of that, because I have tapped to somebody getting a handful of hair. That's a, that's a whole new experience. So, oh, I think uh -oh. we... We lost her for a second, but oh, we'll get her back. Me. There, oh, there she is. Um, Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu is a company in Orlando or out of that area. Uh, makes some amazing gear. And then, of course, Bertso's Bake Shop is also in Orlando. Mm, that, I'm sorry. You're fine. Why Why you keep coming in and out? You're acting. <laughs> <laughs> but really, My daughter's then, trying to call me, and it keeps cutting oh. off the phone. <laughs> And then, of course, there's the Quiggin' Out podcast shirt, just like this one. Uh, it was a design, and it, he gave him a black belt, and I felt really bad about that because I was like, I'm not a black belt. I didn't want it to be, but I said, you know what? Let's make it a black belt because it encompasses everything. And I think that's what I've taken the show in the direction of because if you told me two years ago I'd have the two of you on the show not only together but at all, I would have said you were crazy. Um, people would have said this has nothing to do with MMA. Why is this? But it really does. This is a community. 
of arts. Mm -hmm. It's a community that we can all grow and learn together. And the two of you, I've said it over and over again, and I hate being a broken record, but it's true. You guys are inspiring a lot of people. And I'm so thankful that you're doing that. And I was so thankful that you came on the show today. So we'll definitely have to touch base again, talk about our experiences, the next competition you have. Hopefully, you know, we've, we've got some more TikTok videos that are in the millions, like your chop suey one, which we'll save that for next time. But um, on behalf of myself, Combat Press, and just everyone that's ever watched any of your videos or been inspired by your videos or your stories, uh, thank both of you, and I hope you have a fantastic evening. Thank, thank you, you so much, much Matt. Nice thank to meet you, you Dorothea. <laughs> nice to meet you, too.